Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Network is proud to present Beer Radio that turns ordinary homebrew into award-winning beer. The Jameel Show. And now, your hosts, Jameel Zainashef and John Plisse. Hey, howdy, hey, my coffin brewing brothers and sisters. <laughs> that hot alcohol. Wow. Woo. Wow. Yeah, we're enjoying and some triple. Uh, Vesmal Triple. Can't handle my liquor. It's 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 a bit hot. When, especially when it warms up, the sample's kind of warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of uh, really starts to come out, and that warmth really hits you. When it's colder, mm. you can slide it in. And then it explodes inside you and fills you with that that warm liquid warmth. <laughs> yeah, and <clears throat> it's an interesting feeling. It's <laughs> an interesting uh, feeling. Oh, the feeling! Yes, I'm just amazed by the the dryness of this beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's super carbonated too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, small a lot of a lot of these uh, uh, Belgian. Uh, we also have the uh, triple carmelite, which is. Uh, uh, is also a classic example. It tends to be uh, quite gassy as well. Hmm. Interesting choice. The green bottle, triple Carmelite. Huh. Yeah, well, you know, what do you expect? These ferners think they ferners. put things in green bottles. Hmm. I'll tell you, if, Did there's you... A, if there's anything I don't care for about, uh, you know, uh, European brewers and all that, is they are, you know, Letting whoever went out and put things in green bottles. Mm. It's like, please, you know, if you if you, if you if you really believe you care about your beer and beer is important to you and all that and that stuff, then you you wouldn't you you die before you let them put them in green bottles. Did you pick this because it's generally a great beer, or was this a random pick for you, the Carmelite? Uh, Kevin Pratt was saying, hey, you mm. know, you got to go with the dry triple Carmelite. Mm-hmm. This one's a little skunky. Yeah, but you can also taste that it was a great beer. <laughs> you can it reflect has a back really, on it. You can, re, you, can <laughs> you have memory of a beer, a memory of a beer I've never tasted. Do you know what I mean? You can taste that the characters of this beer are really nice, yeah. but it is skunky that green bottle. Yeah, as opposed to the Westmall, the Trappist, which puts it in a small uh, brown bottle. Yeah, like smart people, those monks. <laughs> you stay like, away you from like the green. it? You <laughs> like it small and, gr- and brown? Like it's small and brown, <laughs> okay. which is hard to find, by the way. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. No, I just was curious. So you've never had the Carmelite before? I think I have. Yeah. It's skunky. It's just skunky, but at one, uh, you know, there was a day that this beer was good. <laughs> the day before they put it in this bottle, yeah, this beer was, This beer was nice. Hmm. Huh. 
All right, sorry, just chiming in. I just, I thought it was interesting that you would even pick one up, but I see it was recommended to you. So, yes, the green bottle. Green. Bottle. All right, carry on, fellas. <laughs> carry on like the gay young lads we are. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I've been doing a whole bunch of traveling. Yeah. Yes. Well, you would pretty much do every year. Seems yeah, like well, Seems like you're going somewhere for somewhere, beer. Somewhere for beer. Somewhere. You got a tough life. Can I just tell you that? <laughs> you get to go to yes, Aussie. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you got to go to Belgium, France with your family on that trip. Right, right, Germany. Right, right. You know, yeah. you get to go all over the country for beer events. Yes. Yes. I went to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, for the Music City Brew Off. Oh, awesome. How was that? It was great. Yeah. Wonderful people. Wonderful place. Um, you know, there's two problems with Nashville. <laughs> uh <laughs> I had no problems in Australia. I got two problems with Nashville. One is, <laughs> it is east of here. And that means? <laughs> that means, like, my clock does not adjust going east. I had no trouble adjusting to Melbourne time. Right. I mean, got off the plane, pretty much, you know, took a half hour nap. I was, that was it. I was ready. I kind of got tired of, like... You know, nine, ten o'clock at night, and by like eleven, I was out like a light. Right. But I got up, you know, six, seven in the morning, no problems. Okay. I'm still on that time, as a matter of fact. It's really screwed me up. But going to Nashville, first off, it didn't help. I I I was up till like two in the morning trying to wrap up all my work stuff, so I could take Friday off and fly down to Nashville. Okay. So I was up till two, got to bed. You know, oh. probably fell asleep about two thirty three. I had to wake up at 4 in order to get to the airport in time for my 6 a.m. flight. <laughs> wow. Why even go to sleep at that point? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I would have slept on the plane, although I normally don't. But, but this little kid kept yeah, the kicking kid. the back of my chair nonstop for six <sighs> hours. It was like two different kids. I'm like, what the heck? I turn around the woman. I'm like, uh, you know, would you mind, you know, can you try and uh, get them to stop kicking my chair? Yeah. She's like, I got two kids here. I can't, I can't be watching everything. <laughs> that was her response. Wow. I'm like, great. You need to uh, get some duct tape next time. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, just your yeah. luck too. I, I got kids. You know, they when, they were, when they were when they were young, yeah, they you know they may have kicked once or twice, but, daddy, but that was it. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I'm, well, my kids were like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Okay, yeah, and they stopped. Yeah, that's all it took. Oh. You know, uh, you know, she didn't even talk to the kid. Didn't even try. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? So I got like no sleep. Get there, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a trooper though. I'm not all right. I'll, you know, I go out Positive there. Positive attitude. They're real nice. Uh, this this nice uh, beer and uh, food pairing dinner, and then I got to speak. And so, beer and food pairing dinner, and then I give this talk, and then uh, after that, uh, people are saying, well, you know, how about coming over to the bunker? You know, come and see, you know, it's like their homebrew setup uh, for this one club. And I'm like, well, like you bunker. know, I'd really like to go back to my room and you go, go to sleep, bed. Yeah. but, uh, you know, I don't want to be rude, they flew me out here, you know, they're, they're taking care of me, I, I should go. And, uh, you know, it sounds interesting, I'd like to check it out, but, you know, I really, I really want to get some sleep. So I go there. Well, it turns out, you know, we're having a great time. The beer is fantastic. They get me this um, um, uh, uh, Doppelbach mm. made by one of their late uh, members. I think he was president or something. And uh, oh. it's just, uh, it's like a, a year old or something. Okay. Like that. It's fantastic. 
Okay. There are no flaws to this. It was a great beer. Okay. Absolutely great beer. And uh, so I'm having this. I have a little more. have a little more. A little more. Before I know it, it's 2.30 in the morning. Oh, no. I'm totally trashed. <laughs> you know, they pour me into a cab. Yeah. They pour you into <laughs> a cab. pour me into a cab. <laughs> ah, you know. And then I go back to the hotel, and I'm like, okay. Got to drink some water, some orange juice, take some Advil, go to sleep. Right. But by the time I'm going to sleep, it's like, you know. Uh, I, I didn't get back to the, the room till like, 3. Yeah. You know, it was like a half-hour cab ride. And then you know, by the time I go to bed, it's like 3.30. I got to get up at, like, 7 in order to, like, you know, bathe and get out to the uh, guys coming to, to pick me up to take me to the uh, the judging. And what time was that at? 6 o'clock? Yeah, no, it's 7 a.m. 7 a.m.? Yeah, right, so, so, uh... What are you so thinking I got, of? I, I got, like, a total of, like, Four, maybe five hours, in two literally days. over two days, yeah. <laughs> and the, the week before that was real busy, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. So I'm there at the thing, and I'm like, I'm shaking, you know, for oh. the judge, and I'm just like, really bad shame. I'm You're like, okay, I'll, I'll make it through, I'll make yeah. it through. And I did all right. But I was wor- moving a little slow. Sure. We get through the judging, and then uh, and then there's this long gap, and then there's lunch, and then there's this long gap until like the awards and all this, and uh, and or you know best of show. There's a long gap till best of show. Okay. And uh, so sleep? I'm hanging around, hanging around, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just dying. I'm, yeah. tr- I'm trying to do everything I can to stay awake. <laughs> Finally, I just said, Oh, screw it. Laid down on one of the benches in one of the booths. <laughs> out. I think they came by and they're like, you know, we bring this guy out here. Look at this, this yeah. uh, son He's of a bitch. You know? <laughs> He's like passed out. You know, what the hell is this? So I felt kind of bad. But I got up, did the best show. Felt better though, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got like you know, maybe 15 minutes. But uh, somebody uh, somebody said, you know, Jamel, I think you need some of this. Hand me this, this bag of coffee beans. And the label on it says... <laughs> for the coffee says, wake the fuck up, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's like, yeah, what's some of this? Wait, I'm like, yeah, 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 I need that. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Probably killed your palate. No, no uh, I didn't have any. Oh, darn. I uh, hung around for the, uh, wake the fuck up. for the uh, awards and all that. And, uh, you know, it was a great time. Good good people. Uh, you know, their heart's in the right place. They're doing, uh, doing this for charity. It was fantastic. Uh, good, good brewers. Good beer. Good food. Uh, had a gr- had a great time out there. I I really like Nashville. So so the, the anyways the first problem is the travel. My second problem travel. Second problem, their tap water there tastes like mud with chlorine in it. Ugh. Was it was it like discolored at all? No, no. It was it, it was clear, but it tastes like tastes like mud with chlorine. A lot of chlorine. A lot of mud. That's got to affect judging. Well, you know, I, I think they had arranged for, like, filtered water to be served at the uh, judging, and uh, somebody just, like, poured tap water for our table. <laughs> I'm just like, but I was, like, you know, hungover. I needed water, so I yeah. drank, like, a pitcher of this mud and chlorine water. Ugh. Oh, it was terrible. I'm sorry. But other than that, it's a great <laughs> place. Seems like the beer was good, though. You were happy yeah, with yeah, the beer. Yeah. Okay. Beer was great. Well, you, yeah. People great. Food great. Uh, you know, just a wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah. But when it came to hydration, you were SOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need I need like some bottled water, something that didn't taste like mud and chlorine. What was the name of the club's place you went to? The 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 bunker. The bunker. Bunker. It I was like very that. impressive. It had nice uh, brewing equipment. It had like you know triple stainless sinks, <clears throat> yeah. a bunch of fridges. You know, 
place you can walk out of the backyard, take a pee. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tree. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was, it was great. I don't know. Very I'm getting nice. some ideas here, Justin. You know, they have the bunker. What do you call your studio? You know what I'm saying? The bunker. The cesspool. The cesspool. The rap pad. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If you didn't already have a reputation, that would be perfect. It <laughs> yeah. would fit in, but oh, yeah. I don't think you could beat the reputation. Okay. It's called the septic tank. <laughs> <laughs> the poo hole. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Oh, anyway, so uh, no, I had a good, great time. Great people. How long have you been involved with the brewing industry? I'm just kind of curious because you've been, I mean, now brewing you're... Brewing industry. Well, you've been I've, traveling. I drank beer since... Uh, since you were two. I was a wee lad. Wee lad. <laughs> but when did you start brewing? I'm just Because I'm just trying to think of like senior progression. That's 1999. Like, uh, 99. So eight years later, nine years later. Okay, huh. you come yeah, a long ways. Yeah, nine years. Nine you know, years. You got a book. six years. We we're doing the show. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because we've been doing it for three years. And now you're ju- you just went out there to go judge, and that's it. And yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and talk. Wow. Talk of the thing, and then sleep on one of the benches until they woke me up and told me, <laughs> told me to wake the fuck up. I mean, screaming kick, kick you on the way there and back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. No, good people. I no, I'm amazed how much you uh, you do for the homebrewing community. So, why, why, thank you. Yeah. Thank you I don't think much. you get enough kudos for that, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm publicly announcing that. So. Well, I think another another uh, group that doesn't get enough kudos and does a lot for the homebrewing community is our sponsor, northernbrewer.com. They, uh, you know, they sponsor this show, so if you like this show and you feel this show's of value, uh, you know, browse on over to northernbrewer.com and uh, you know, check them out and uh, support them for supporting us. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's something you Thank can you. pick up from there, there, them, and you know, in the comments field, type you heard it on the uh, Jamil show, and uh, it's always uh, good to tell know. them you, you appreciate them helping uh, make this possible. Because without sponsors like them, no show, uh, show like this probably wouldn't happen. Exactly. So uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they are making possible today <gasps> Belgian triple. Yeah, we were talking about Belgian triples today. Well, tell us, uh, tell us something about the style. You had, you ever had a good Belgian triple? Homebrew or a commercial? Oh, either. Um, homebrew, no. But commercial, yes. Um, the local one, Russian River, they're gold nail, or it's kind of like a triple. I mean, trip, I guess triples are definitely darker and golden color, but um, homebrew, not really. They always tend to be too sweet. So, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. a problem I found. So, um, I like this West Mall. It's good, um, mm-hmm. but it seems a little past its prime for me personally. It's a little hot on alcohol, but it is a triple. I don't know. It's a little warm, too. But I'll tell you about it. Want to hear about about a triple? Yeah, he just lit up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not drinking it. I'm drinking Chad's delicious beer. This is unbelievable. This is the best beer ever I've had by Chad. He's yeah. a stud. Yeah, there you go. Props to Chad. All right, a Belgian triple in aroma. Definitely a lot of spice, a lot of esters. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing spicy get... alcohols and phenols and yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think pepper. You yeah. know, there's some. Mm-hmm. Pepper blended with alcohol. It's kind of funky. Um, and definitely some strong esters coming through. You know, your orange, your grapefruits, and some other weird stuff. But um, definitely a perfume from the alcohol coming through from the fermentation. Uh, visually, it's yellow to dark gold. Um, clear. Should have a long, long-lasting head retention on it. Very, very highly carbonated. You know, can leave a lace in the glass um, from the alcohol and just the strength of it. Um and the flavor, it's definitely a perfect blend of um, spice and esters. You know, definitely a rounded malt character. It should be soft, the malt character coming through. Can have, like, a perceived bitterness from the alcohol, too, as well. And should finish pretty dry. I mean, your goal with this beer is definitely to have it finish dry. So, And overall, it's just a very dark, you know, golden, strong ale. 
um, but darker in color and should, you know, be soft, malty, fruity, spicy, and um, a little bit of oomph and a kick in the, in the end. Kick in the junk. <laughs> yeah. When it's warm, I guess that alcohol just lingers, right. man. That killed me at the beginning of the show. Well, and when you say darker, you, you mean like, like gold. Darker. Yeah, darker. Gold in color. And, and not, and not but, even that deep, but... Uh, Darker than something like a Budweiser right. or uh, or uh, you know most of your Pilsners out there. It's a little little more right. colored up. Like not as yeah, like darker than a straw color. I'd say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, pretty beer nonetheless because of you know the nice head exactly and, and all that stuff. But yeah, those alcohols. Uh, you know, uh, when it's cooler, it, the alcohol is a little more subtle. And what you want is uh, you know, that real warming alcohol. But not hot. Once it crosses the line to hot, then it's too much. You know, if you you want it to, you want to drink it, and then have it warm you up and kind of make strength. your fl- face flush up without you know feeling it burning going down. When, <laughs> yeah. when the sample's too warm, uh, it does it does t- tend to tend to burn a little bit uh, going down. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fairly simple. It's a very simple beer to make beer, right. in a way, but fermentation ends up real complex. Fermentation's everything in this. This thing. will be a good topic when we get to it. Absolutely everything. Yeah. All right, so let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the recipe and fermentation, and all that stuff. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Back sure. after this. Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of seven point five and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus eight. I pour it. Sorry. Looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus ten versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y-Yeast 3522 and crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make tenth level at northernbrewer.com. That's right, that's right, that's right. 
Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Tonight, my friend Plisse. Yeah. <laughs> in rare form. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. But it's unusual. It it's I'm unusual, it yes. I'm, I'm bringing it home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, herpes? A, yeah, I, no, no. Yeah. I check out? up on that. Doing, doing whatever. I'm having fun, though. How's the missus doing? Great. Wedding planning, wedding planning, wedding planning. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's game time. <laughs> You don't seem 100% convinced. I know. You seem a little scared when you say you talk about that. I don't think I've never I've ever been through more of a trying and unifying experience with your friend and lover. And my friend and lover? No, mine. My, my girl, friend and my, lover. My fiance. Yeah. I don't want my wife finding out about my friend and lover. And dealing with the families. That's <laughs> oh, families. That is oh, um now there's the rub. That's oh, that's another show. <laughs> As Shakespeare would say, <laughs> I, there, there's the rub. There you go. Anyways, back to beer. <laughs> I thought this was Love Strong for a second. <laughs> no, that's after. <sighs> so you got this killer recipe from this book, Brewing Classic Styles, available on our store at thebrewingnetwork.com. Signed by both John Palmer yes. and myself. Yes. And packaged by me. <laughs> packaged with love <laughs> and a little something extra. <laughs> a little something special. All right, so... <laughs> hey, I'm doing my job. I get you all loosey goosey. At least the people laughy. in Australia appreciate our show. Absolutely, they have a sense of humor. Yeah, is he really like that? <laughs> they, they, yeah, well, I tell you, here's something I love about the people in Australia. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, waffling on, but uh, you know, I think in Australia, if you don't uh, have a sense of humor, if you can't, you know. Speak with other people right. and be a little bit humorous and kid around a little bit right. and accept the little kidding around, right. you know, and maybe even a little bit of sarcasm here and yeah. there that's mixed in there. Then you know you're not Australian. You know, yeah. it's part of the blood. It's, it's, it's the culture. Pa- it's part of it. Yeah. And I, I love it. You know, for me, it's fantastic. <laughs> Home sweet home. And, and some of the people said, "Well, you know, that's that's why I think you know we enjoy the show because you know the humor actually kind of works here." It's good news. I'm like, great. Doesn't work anywhere else. So I know, <laughs> I know where I need to move. 
I tell you, that's I, where all listeners are. I tell you, I could I could move to and live in Australia easily. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful I, you know, little country too. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I I'd go. I'd go in a heartbeat. Let's well, go. You know, while I get the kids, kids would kill me if I tried to move them to Australia. Okay, but I'm geared up to go next year to the conference. Yeah, I'm, you're ready. They they need to move to August though, so I can take the kids. Oh, yeah. Let me get trip with the family. Kids would only mind for the first year. They're still at the right age where, yes, they'll be pissed for like a year. (laughs) And then after a year, they'll be like, Dad, right on. Yeah, good move. You're a wise man. That's why you're my father. Yeah, but remember. Until all those Australian dudes like flock in on the American chicks. Right, but the dudes are pretty ugly in Australia. Oh, so even better. Yeah. Well, no, not for me, not but for, not for them. Not oh. for the offspring. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about them for that. That's not your job. Your job is not to worry about them for well, mid that. But, but again, but again, you know, I don't think the dudes in Australia have trouble scoring. Oh, right. I just don't think they're that attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as you know, how I rate men and and find men attractive. It's, in other words, you don't want ugly just, grandchildren later on in your life. Yeah, <laughs> what you're worried about. <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm I've always loved Australia, and I, you know. This trip did did nothing but reinforce that uh, mentality. <laughs> Absolutely, great, great place, great people. All right, so uh, <clears throat> was I supposed to cover the recipe like fifteen minutes ago? No, you're you're on schedule. It's all good. <laughs> See, you're so this easy. Is, this is actually our last so beer fine. style we're talking about, right? For so this I'm whole show, milk so this thing, milk it. Oh, okay. <laughs> milk it. Grab it and pull on it until you get the milk. Yeah. All right. So. I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starting gravity, ten. This goes off the rails every time. Ten eighty one. Uh, finishing gravity, ten twelve. Uh, about eighty five percent apparent attenuation. That's ridiculous. So attenuates out a whole bunch. And if it's not, then it hasn't attenuated enough. The freaking thing needs to end up dry. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, Thirty four IBU. And you kind of get that in like the West Mall. Yeah, West Mall. Yeah. It, it's pretty, you got a, a firm, firm bitterness. bitterness to it. You can right? smell the hop, too. Well, a lot of times I think people, they get a sample of like a Vest Mall, and it's so old that the hop resins have dropped out, and mm-hmm. the, the bitterness has dropped a bit, mm-hmm. and it seems sweeter, and, and things have oxidized, and they assume it's a much sweeter beer. Like, well, my beer's a lot like that one. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, your beer's a lot like a, you know, four-year-old, shipped-around-the-world <laughs> example of the style. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it needs to be crisper, drier, and more bitter. <laughs> Speaking of bitter. Yeah. Bitter. Yeah. Am I bitter? I don't know. Uh, it smells like a... <laughs> that's, that's my my voice of the uh, clueless... Clueless homebrewer. homebrewer. That's the yes. next book. <laughs> the, clueless the clueless homebrewer. The clueless... Yeah. There's That'd not a fun. lot of them. I'll tell you this. I All right. So nobody who listens to the show is clueless homebrewer, yeah. and nobody I've met is clueless homebrewer. Right. Right. There you go. No one. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, no I'm not talking about any of you. That you know. No, never. Ever spoke to. Never. Absolutely. You heard it from another person. Yeah, yeah I've heard about these these folks. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. I read about them on the forums. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where I find it's them. Tons of forums. Yes. And I'm just imagining their voice. Yeah. So this killer recipe. But it's none of the people I've replied to on the forums. <laughs> it's none of the people I've replied to. Uh, right, so. I, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to. Get, don't get me going on forums. This is one of those shows I'm sorry, my dear listeners, you're going to have to extract the gems in amongst... You're going to have to dig in the poop to pull out the, the kernels. Yeah. The, the kernels. The, the lost wood. ring, you know, he <laughs> yeah. swallowed. Right. Yeah. The spare yeah. change. The spare change. 
All right, so color would be 4.5 SRM, alcohol 9.2% ABV. Uh, for your extract brewer, you're going to start with a Pilsner liquid malt extract. It's really actually pretty important to use a Pilsner malt. It's 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 kind of the grainy mm-hmm. and the sweet that's sweet, up yeah. front on that on that beer. Uh, you got to use a, a good Pilsner liquid malt extract, 10.4 pounds or 4.7 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Cane sugar, table sugar, this simple old sugar, yeah. right? Two and a half pounds, 1.13 kilograms. That's a lot of sugar. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, about twenty percent sugar. Okay, and that helps uh, dry it out. It actually adds some of that sweetness at the end. You know, even though it's attenuated a lot, it gives it some sweetness. Uh, so it's not just insipidly nothing. Uh, and then uh, I like to toss in a dash of aromatic. Just a just a hint. Yes, just to get that little grainy. Quarter, quarter pound. Quarter pound. A little, little melanoidin action in there. Oh, okay. Uh, quarter pound, uh, 113 uh, grams, uh, 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 20 love a bond. Hmm. And somebody asked me recently, what's the uh, difference between aromatic and melanoidin? Good question. Melanoidin's uh, richer, uh, more intensely malty, bready uh, type of uh, malt character, like a Munich malt, but intensified. Okay. Right? Right. Real bready, real rich and dark bready. Okay. Uh, aromatic is um, a much more subtle, more toasty, uh, lighter uh, type of malt character than uh, the <laughs> melanoidin. Those flies followed me back from uh, Australia. Yeah, they did. Um, so, uh, you know, that that's kind of the difference there. You could use some melanoidin. It might be, you might cut it back a little bit. Maybe okay. go to three or two ounces instead of four or, you know, 113 grams. But you're going um, for those toasty aromas from the aromatic. Yeah, just a little bit, you know. And then, uh, and I would, I would focus on this more. If you're using like a domestic uh, Pilsner malt that doesn't have like the continental <laughs> type of character to it, that mm-hmm. tends to be a little bit more... Uh, Multi grainy. Okay. Uh, then I would focus on this more. Okay. Uh, you know, especially using anything domestic or domestic two row or something like that. God forbid. Then uh, you know you want to you want to make sure you're using this. Uh, uh, and you might even be able to substitute a little uh, Vienna instead of aromatic or something like that. That would that would work as well. Maybe like in between, huh? Yeah. 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 Huh. Something along those lines. Do you think the aromatic helps mask any of the uh, DMS from German Pilsner at all? Mm, or not? No. Okay. No. I think you need to make sure you boil. You know, a good ninety minutes. Okay. Drive off the DMS. Cool the whole thing rapidly. Okay. If you're a, an all grain brewer, instead of the uh, Pilsner liquid malt extract, you're going to use uh, fourteen pounds or six point three five kilograms of a continental Pilsner malt, and then the aromatic uh, as well. You toss that in there in your mash tun. Mash the whole thing at one hundred forty nine degrees Fahrenheit, sixty five degrees C, and uh, yeah, with those lower mash temperatures, you might need to give it a little more time for conversion. You did a lower mash temp. Yeah, 149. That's you want this thing to dry. to dry out. You want it to finish uh, low. And, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, we're, we're shooting for 85% of the attenuation. That's amazing. 85%. I mean, that's pretty much the max attenuation you could probably get out of here, isn't it? I mean, can you get higher than that? Well, you can get 100%. 
like a turbo yeast or something? Like it's a little or Beano? A wine, wine yeast A wine yeast, that's true, yeah. right. Yeah. It just depends on... Well, and the wine yeast won't ferment the uh, maltose very readily. Okay. So that's, you know, another issue. Hmm. Two and a half pounds of table sugar per five gallons. That's a lot of sugar. Now, are you adding that for the whole 60-minute boil? Good question. You're always full of good questions. See, that's why this show works. Because you ask those important questions that I leave out. To the young Padawan. And people cannot, like, you know, reproduce what we're talking about. Because I don't answer those questions unless you ask. Uh, You know, if you add the sugar in earlier in, um, what's going to happen is, uh, you know, you're... Uh, you can do that, and um, and I often do. Your IBUs will be a little lower than if you add the sugar at the end of the boil, right? So that affects it, the the, the gravity of the boil, right? Interesting. Also, uh, some of the sugars will play a part, along with the proteins and the water and all that, play part in uh, melanoidin production. So mm-hmm. that also has an effect. You can do either. I think if you're going to add it late, um, you would... Uh, Maybe back off on the IBUs, you know, maybe one or two IBUs or three IBUs or whatever it would be. It, really not a lot. Um, if uh, if you want, now here's the, the trick. Secret. Here's the trick. All right. The if trick. you're having trouble getting this thing to attenuate fully, okay, you can actually adjust this, right? So get yourself Pro Mash or Beer Tools or whatever your favorite thing is. Punch in all the malt, leave out the cane sugar. Adjust IBUs using the Rager formula until it works out to be 32.7 IBUs okay. without the cane sugar. Go. Right, okay. It's going to be a different amount than we have here in the recipe, which is 2.3 ounces, 65 grams of uh, tetanang at uh, 60 minutes, 4% alpha acid, and then check size at uh, a half ounce, 14 grams uh, at 10 minutes. Um, give you 1.2 IBUs. So... so um, Nice. Instead of, you know, the IBUs we're using, Brewing Classic Styles, uh, pull out the, the cane sugar, and IBUs should go up in ProMash or Beer Tools. Okay. Using Rager formula again. Okay. All right, now adjust those down until you get the right IBUs that we need for this beer, a total of 34 IBUs. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> now, go ahead and brew it. You know, mash, boil, all that stuff, right? You haven't added the cane sugar yet. Yeah. Start fermentation. You'll ferment, you know, most of the way through. Okay. Okay. So you got all your IBUs and dialed. You're, yeah, you're like two thirds of the way through fermentation, and then you can. Uh, I would boil up like a, a syrup, a real thick syrup with the sugar, and just to sanitize it. Or you could just add it straight. That'd probably be all right. And uh, just add the sugar in to your your fermenter. And the, the this is one of the tricks to getting a full attenuation. What happens huh. is, if you start out with a lot of simple sugars... Right. Your yeast are probably overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, they, they tend to consume all the simple sugars first. It's easiest for them. So they don't need oh. to... Because, see, they need to... They need to work a little. Yeah. All the, the, the more complex the sugar, the more they need to work at converting it down to something they can consume. Right. Okay. So they'll consume the simple sugar first. first. Exactly. And right. you want them to work on your malt first. Right. Imagine it this way. Let's say there's a, a big buffet, mm-hmm. and you're just all about getting as much food in as quickly as you can and then going to sleep. So you go to the ice cream first. Right. Well, you go into the stuff <laughs> that you don't have to cut. Oh, Let's say you're a little little spastic when it comes to using a knife and a fork, right? Mm-hmm. And you like to eat with your hands. Right. 
Right. So you go for the egg so, rolls. You, you, yeah, you pick the stuff like egg rolls that can fit in your mouth easily, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you you can eat all those first. The stuff like there's like a whole side of beef. Yeah. It's like, well, I'd eat Silverware. that, but I'm gonna have to use silverware. Right. Or I'm gonna have to pull the pieces off. I'm gonna have to chew. I don't want to <laughs> chew. Okay. Right. You're really lazy. Right. Well, that's the problem. And if you've gotten your fill of all the simple stuff first, and that was enough to fill you up, mm-hmm. and you're ready to go to sleep, then uh, you're pretty much done, and you're not going to eat the 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 more the the tougher stuff to eat. Right. You're going to go like, oh, no, I'm full. I'm not going to pull on the side of beef. I'm mm-hmm. going. I'm, I'm just going to go sleep. I had plenty of egg rolls. Right. Right. But the beef is actually better for you <laughs> if you're making beer. Well, right. In a way. <laughs> In a way. So that's the problem. <laughs> is the yeast are going to consume all the simple sugars first, and they're not going to consume the more complex. Well, they're not going to consume the maltose, which is still fairly sweet. And you're going to end up with a sweet, thick beer, right? Right. So what you're doing is make the yeast consume the maltose first. Okay. Then you give them the simple sugars towards the end. Well, they're still still fairly active. They're, they, they eat all the maltose and go, yeah, I'm still kind of hungry. Right, and then somebody brings out a big old platter of egg rolls and ice cream, and they're like, "Hallelujah!" And they're like, oh yeah, I'm ready. Oh yeah, okay, I can have some <laughs> of those. And then they go ahead and finish them up. Okay, and that way you're sure that they they've consumed all the more complex sugars first. Okay, so you can add that towards the end. Um, this is how they also make those really high alcohol beers and stuff. Right, right. And they just keep feeding it. Right, keep feeding feeding mm-hmm. at the end. Sometimes you have to add a little bit of oxygen if you're going to do that. But if you're pouring sugar into your beer, there's oxygen going in anyway. So is there a, take a lot? Is there a point where the yeast can go past where they're primed, where their health will start to deplete, and that you won't have enough healthy yeast to be able to consume the simple sugars? Like you wouldn't wait till you're. 75% attenuated, you'd probably wait maybe near 65%. That way you have most of your viable yeast still suspended and actively fermenting. So you're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but also, um, you know, the real simple sugars, the yeast ha- actually easy. have an easier time of consuming, and it's not... Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of energy spent on maintaining the cell wall permeability, uh, keeping the alcohol out, things like that. Okay. So, yeah, you know, there's there's a limit to it, but... You know. I think this is one of the reasons why people give uh, uh, an extra dose of oxygen when they're making these high alcohol beers because it helps, res- you know, the yeast generate the sterols, which they use to maintain the cell walls right. and things like that. Okay. Well, when would you add the sugar in the fer- in your primary ferment? Uh, you know, when I first see it starting to slow down, I might uh, go go with that. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, I got it. Okay, so what did we cover? We covered uh, through the grains. Right. We covered uh, talk about hops. Hops, uh, tetanang. I, I yeah, think I mentioned that. this one. Uh, tetanang at four percent alpha acid, sixty minutes. A uh, two point three ounce or sixty five grams gives you about thirty three IBUs approximately. Uh, check size. Uh, three point five percent alpha acid, ten minutes. Uh, half ounce. I'm, I'm very gassy tonight. Yeah, you are. Uh, half ounce, fourteen grams, one point two IBU. And that sauce kind of lends to that floral spicy, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, you were commenting on, and uh, is is a nice uh, addition. This is uh, probably, I think this is like the only, one of the only Belgian beers I would I would hop that late. Because it, you know, it's it, it's it kind of part of it. Yeah, you could do without it, it but it, it really kind of marries in there very well. Oh, messy alcohol. 
Yeah. As far as uh, yeast goes, uh, White Labs WLP 530 Abbey Ale or the Y-Yeast 3787 Trappist High Gravity. If you got to use dry yeast, it's the Fermenta Soft Brew T58. It's really not going to turn out exactly right, but yeah. hey, you know. It'll be Belgian E. Yeah, when you when you when you gotta you gotta you know right. you just, I, I realize people don't have a choice and that's all right. Um, you're going to use 15 grams of uh, properly rehydrated dry yeast, or use three liquid yeast packets, or uh, you know make yourself a starter. Starter's the way to go, really. Pitch yeast at 64 degrees Fahrenheit, 18 C. And what you want to do is uh, what I'll start out is you know the first day or so. I will keep it at 64 or 18C, and then I let it slowly rise throughout the entire fermentation, a day or a degree or so per day, uh, to about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 21 degrees C over the course of a week. Right? So, you know, first day it's uh, 64, next day you go from 64 to 65. At the end of the week, you're at 70 Fahrenheit or 21 degrees C. And you're doing that to control some yeast flavors being produced? Right. Uh, couple of things one is you want to um uh control the formation of the alcohol so it's not any of those hot fusely alcohols and also so uh towards the end you're going to make sure the yeast is active enough to fully attenuate the beer keep it dry enough and really get it finished out okay when you uh carbonate the beer you're going to want to be about three or four volumes you want this gassy gassy beer you have to use a a tougher bottle you can't use the thin standard american uh beer bottle because they'll they'll burst at about four wow a little over four and they'll they'll go that's messy too you got to be careful yeah it makes a big mess and would you and, say uh, CO2 is pretty important for this style, like the presentation? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for properly yeah, made right. Belgian Well, and, you know, a lot of these, they will, you know, when you get them in competition, they'll be carbonated like two and a half volumes or something like right. that. And you get one that's carbonated properly, it actually kind of lends to the, uh, for anybody who's poured a lot of, uh, you know, commercial examples, you're like, you expect like a nice big head. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if, uh, the uh, beer is not uh, carbonated properly. You don't quite get that. And right. And also, uh, the carbonation lends to the dryness as well. Absolutely. And uh, and helps quite a bit. And then uh, I like to uh, lager these for you know a month or so, a month or more. You know, in the forty-five to fifty Fahrenheit, seven to ten degrees C. And uh, what that does is actually uh, it kind of allows the alcohol to mellow a little bit and mm. allows some of the uh, because it's maltier. Yeah, and it, it just kind of uh, settles that, and it improves head retention as well. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you have a, any dusty uh, particulate matter in there, it tends to drive the uh, CO2 out very quickly right. and tends to ruin the head retention, I think. And you let all that settle out, let, give it a month for that, that real fine powdery stuff that you can't see to drop to the bottom. Uh, then all of a sudden the head improves and uh, it gets that that giant head that will stay for uh, you know a long time. Okay. What about you mentioned you use Trappist yeast? Why that yeast? Why not an Abbey yeast? Or is it because of the spicy the fruit characters it has? Or right, I, I think um, you know if you're looking for a, a small clone. Um, you can uh, you would go with the yeast we're, we're recommending, uh, but you could use any of those uh, yeast. Some of them are going to be sweeter. Some are going to have more phenols. Some are going to have more fruit. Some are going to have more, uh, you know, one thing or another. 
Okay. Some of them be drier, some of them less. And if you find one you really like, uh, you know, you can go with it. I, I think there's enough leeway in the style. There's enough people brewing something very similar that uh, it'll be uh, acceptable. Okay. But uh, you might want to start with this one at this this temperature and, and pitching rate. You know, if if you if you use a different yeast, you may have to adjust temperature, pitching rate, things like that. Okay. And you gotta you gotta experiment a little bit nice. with that. Fair enough. All right. All right. So let's take okay. a short break, and when we come back, uh, see if you got any more questions, and and uh, if not, uh, I'm sure there's some in the chat room. Back after this. Okay. I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope. Sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah. I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart? Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com what have you gotten out of a vial of white labs yeast wlp 001 cal ale baby 23 burton ale 008 east coast ale cal common wlp 810 it's gonna be wlp 400 with beer i got a sweet hoodie for my vial huh White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft 
beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. This is the Jameel Show. <laughs> I think if the show was to go like another ten episodes, eventually you'd explode. <laughs> Something would happen. You know, your head would pop like a pimple, or God knows what. You know how much information I had to listen to you spew out on me over the last three years. <laughs> how much grip? Yeah, I think the last the last show he's going to bring in a handgun. He's like, I've had it, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're going to make me drink ciders. Bang, bang, bang. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to pour beer on your face. <laughs> well, it's better than, like, sitting on my face, but so, all right, okay, that works. I'll just make sure I have my mouth open at that time. There you go. <laughs> I think that's okay. That's yeah, okay. If you get a thrill from it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of chat questions, huh? I guess. I don't know this. That's kind of I right. do have a lot. Yeah. Chat was busy this show. They liked this style. Good. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, oh, yeah. confusing style, I guess. It's really a lot of questions, more than we usually get. And just to warn you before I go through them, a lot of questions comparing the uh, Belgian triple to a Belgian golden strong. Mm-hmm. And how, people talking about how similar they are and, 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 and how the styles relate to each other. So that's just your warning as we go through these. Uh, first question that came through was, uh, what does Jay-Z think about using raw grains um, in this recipe? And how would this change the beer? They're talking about flaked wheat, barley, oats, rye. And I have to admit, I, I don't even know what they mean by raw grains as opposed to what's... Am un, I not un, getting raw grains when I go to... Unmalted. Yeah. So you're not uh, getting grains that are cooked, technically, but unmalted, I think they mean. Uh, okay. So... Um, yeah, the thing about unmalted grains, you can go ahead and use them, and if you properly handle it, you can uh, convert the starch over, and there's essentially no difference. And a lot of times it's used in the brewing industry for cost control. So hmm. it's like, well, unmalted grain is far cheaper than malted grain because the maltster doesn't have to go through and do the whole malting process and all that nonsense. For the amateur home brewer, uh, I, personally, I don't think it's really worth it unless the style requ- requires like a uh, a starch haze or something like that where you're trying to put some um, unconverted starch in. And then what I do is just throw in some like flour and uh, just let it get all hazy so the, uh, the bugs and stuff can eat it. Hmm. So, I mean, you can do it. I, I, I just don't think it's necessary, and I think it's you know just more hassle than it's worth, you know, versus the cost. You know, if if you're a big brewer and you're trying to save money, yeah, that's one way to go. But uh, otherwise, forget it. Interesting, you explain it that way because the the same uh, the person who asked this question said that they were pretty sure that Carmelite uses raw grains, mm-hmm. but it might be an explanation of why 
because mm-hmm. it's cost-effective when you're using a lot of grains. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, another question. I'm going to put two questions in one here because um, they're similar. This is about the the triple and the and the Belgian Golden Strong. How does Jay Z describe the differences between triple and Belgian Golden Strong? And then the uh, another question was that I heard triples are about esters and golden strongs are about phenols. And and would that be true? So your differences, and then it, are, are those differences the truth? All right, so get yourself a bottle of Vestmol, uh, get a triple, and get yourself a bottle of Duvel, mm-hmm. right? And one is the classic triple, and one is the classic golden strong. And... You know they're different in a number of ways. I think the 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 Duvel tends to be more crisp, the Vestmol a little more malty and sweet up front, and then you know uh, higher alcohol, and uh, so you know a lot of complex differences there. But um, but they do look similar. They do. Yeah. But and they and maybe the, even smell similar. Right. But the Duval will super probably be dry. a little f- super dry and a little fruitier, more apple-pear type of characteristics. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have a Golden Strong that's, I, I, I imagine, and I, you know, I think this is a good question, and I think this illustrates that uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities between styles, and there's some overlap in commercially. So somebody may be brewing something they call a triple, and it may be, kind of edging over into Golden Strong. Somebody may be brewing Golden Strong that edges over into the triple kind of category. And there's, you know, there there can be some crossover. And it's okay. It's, it's you know, uh, you know, if you want to designate a beer one way or the other, that's fine. But generally, you know, the, the triple, a little more uh, maltiness, uh, you, you notice in the in the recipes in Brewing Classic Styles, well, you know, one of the finest tomes on brewing. <laughs> brewing beer ever written. <laughs> Oh, isn't it, John? Nice delivery. (laughs) (laughs) You spit up all over your microphone. Um, (laughs) That uh, the the triple recipe has, you know, the aromatic in there to kind of highlight that that uh, that maltiness, that that character. And don't underestimate in a in a really all right. So. Four ounces of aromatic in a in a uh, six gallons of wort or you know uh, twenty some odd liters of wort, uh, you know, would not be a lot in something like a stout or a barley wine or something like that. But in something that's all pilsner malt and sugar, it actually stands out a little bit. Four ounces actually makes a difference. You'd be surprised. You can taste the difference. so, you know, one of them has it, one of them doesn't. You know, there's, you know, a crisper, drier, uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a, a finish on the, uh, on the golden strong than the, uh, the triple. The triple, um, you know, you're going to finish, uh, you know, kind of with, with some body to it and some sweetness. Whereas, and we describe it as fairly dry, but, you know, not as dry as what a, a golden strong is going to be, which is going to be really just bone dry. Yeah. Absolutely attenuated with the you know more of a fruity character, and on the uh, the triple, I think there's more of a you know the clovey phenol type of character. When I when I think about your commercial examples, I just get, I mean, those are great examples comparing the two styles. You know, the Duval, you get that almost no maltiness, alcohol dryness, mm-hmm. and a little bit perfumey alcohol. But with the the triple, there's definitely a little bit more body to the beer, and right. a little bit a little bit more color. 
mm-hmm. the more depth. Mm-hmm. That's but, but they're still dry though. Right. But yeah, but so, it's amazing that four ounces of aromatic though to you is like a huge variable in oh, stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, and, and you know, in in a, in a different beer, it wouldn't be right. Normally, you know, this is one of the things like the, uh, you know, some of these. Uh, uh, books that are purported to, you know, replicate certain uh, commercial examples. A lot of times they add, you know, the difference is, you know, very little of, you know, one ounce of some some malt that's really not got a lot of flavor or color to it and a pretty bold beer. And it makes a difference, I'm sure, but, you know, really not much. And something that's all Pilsner and, and, and table sugar, any specialty malt really stands out. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be surprised. Right. Yeah, you can actually taste it. It's a good challenge for brewers, too, you know? Yeah. You're going to adjust that one recipe, see what four ounces of aromatic does. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see. Right, right. And when you're making those those trials, do it in something that's a real simple beer, mm-hmm. and it and it's, you know, much more obvious. Right. Yeah. Good question. Very good. All right. I think you've answered some of these other questions. I'll try to go through them anyway. Um, Jamil's Triple uses two and a half pounds of table sugar. I wonder if it would be beneficial to hold out on half of that and add it to the fermenter during high krausen. Well, like we said, yeah, we, you know, if you're busy taking a pee, we understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're busy getting a beer, we understand. I was, if you just weren't paying attention, then, you know, get the wax out of your ears. You know, scroll back, and we talked about adding sugar into uh, in, into the uh, fermenter. And I think uh, you know you can you can hold out the whole amount, or you can add out. And, and this this person's asking uh, half, half and a half. Yeah, and and that good. That certainly would work uh, well. Also, yeah, absolutely. You just need to make sure you're calculating your IBUs properly, right. based on the OG of the uh, wort you're boiling in. Okay. Uh, another one you may have covered. In Brew Like a Monk, in the Belgian Ale Book, they recommend soft water. What's your take on it, Jamil? That's a good good question. Good question. Uh, yeah, soft water is really uh, more along the lines of what you want on this one. Especially for this beer. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, and again, I don't think it's really critical unless you have, you know, more, you're tending towards pretty hard water. Uh, I think if you got a moderate water, you're fine. Um if you got a really hot water, you definitely want to uh, at least uh, cut it with some distilled and, and drop down your your overall content, and you'll be all right. But it, it, yeah, it's it's actually fairly important, I think. Can harder water um, change how alcohol is perceived? Uh, yeah, ch- change how everything's perceived. Uh, you know, the biggest problem is the mash pH is going to end up being pretty high oh, okay. if you uh, have a hard water. And you're going to end up with uh, you know some tannin extractions, and it tends to add a a, a real uh, kind of Grainy. biting harshness to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Would a step mash be beneficial to this type uh, to this style in using under modified malts? Uh, yeah. If you have under modified malts, and it's truly under modified malts versus. Uh, what we call under modified malts today, which are still just perfectly fine for uh, you know single infusion, uh, you can you can do uh, uh, step mash. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, doing that. Just avoid really you know staying too long in your in your lower ranges in the you know protein and all that ranges. You know, you want to get out of there pretty quick. Okay. During the fermentation, starting at sixty five degrees. 
Over how many days should the rise in temperature be? It's a good question. Yeah, because you're always talking about letting it naturally rise. I think this is a good question. Well, especially, I think, with uh, phenol production and ester production. Like, why would you pitch a little bit cooler? Is there a control that you're trying to do here? We did talk about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, start but, at 64, uh, over seven days, uh, get it up to 70 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Over seven right, days. So start okay. at 64, 18C, go to 70 degrees, uh, okay. 21C. Or it's uh, after uh, over a week. So the first day, you're going to spend at whatever that temperature is. Let the initial growth happen there, and then start ramping it up. Okay. I wasn't going to ask this question because you, I think you did a great job explaining the difference between a Belgian and a triple with the with that malt profile. But it came through twice in two different ways. So I, let me throw it at you just so what aging? it can get answered. <laughs> what <laughs> what you age age the style. No, um, it, it's again. With, we're not getting the wood age question. If you, I, I think the their goose is cooked. It. Yeah, they've been found out, <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Okay, if you were to make a ten-gallon batch, the train was leaving the station at forty miles per hour. Yeah. You know, one person said, I guess if it was a little lower in gravity, you know, it made a little adjustment from the other question. It's basically the same question. If if you were to make a 10-gallon batch, could you basically just ferment two separate carboys with two different yeast strains and do a, a Belgian golden in one and a triple in the other? Yeah. <sighs> you could, but, uh, you know, depending on which one, which wort you're going with, it's either not going to be a really great triple or a great... Uh, golden strong. I mean, you, you get fairly close, but the golden strong with the aromatic in it doesn't, doesn't taste quite right. And, and the golden strong uses a little bit more sugar. I mean, it really, you know, uh, dries out. It's like 30% sugar in the golden strong. Right. And so much is beer's wort dependent, so, I mean, you're going to have the same wort. Yeah. I mean, yes, the yeast is going to make a difference. The but yeast will make a big difference, yeah. But it won't have that, that malt impression right. difference. Right, right. Yeah, try I it. I, yeah, you can give it a go. But uh, I say drink those commercial examples you said. Yeah, that's if, all if you, you need taste, to do. You taste them side by side, and then you'd be like, "Oh, okay." Uh, you know, you know, I, I appreciate the uh, creativity, but uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, I I wouldn't do it. Yeah, me, I, I brew. See, and and that's one of the questions I always got in conversations. People are like, "Well, are you blending beers? Are you like you know one word and lots uh, lots of different yeasts?" And you know, I did some of those experimentations other than blending, which I never really have done. Um, and I, uh, you know, I I found that it really didn't work for me. It was you know a total waste of time and. If you if you really want to make a great example of a style, then you really need to focus on brewing a great example of that style and not trying to shortcut, uh, you know, the the process. The, the only thing you can shortcut is you can repitch yeast, and uh, mm. you know, that I think that was really like the only shortcut I found. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you have to make the wort each time. And you have to make it specific to know the style. Absolutely, yeah, because yeah. yeah. there's there's differences. Because you know, keep in mind that these beers will be judged side by side in the same <laughs> flight. Absolutely. And if the judge doesn't taste a real difference between your triple and your strong, uh, you know, uh, you probably do well in one and not in the other. And chances are, the person who brewed specifically 
uh, to the style and created the different wort for one or the other. And the different fermentation and yeast and all that is going to be the one who uh, takes the gold. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Another question. I oh. got more. Holy and they keep on counter. That's a lot of questions. Now, this may be a question that came up from last night's show. We did a show with the brewery, Patrick Rue, last night, who's doing Belgian-style beers, but with his own twist to them. Uh, he, uh, this person asks, uh, what do you think about using flaked rice? And He asked it, using flaked rice if you didn't want to bring up the whole recipe, was how he phrased the whole question. But, uh, bring up the whole recipe. Yeah. And flaked <laughs> rice. I think, uh, you know, you you can. I, I think the idea behind that is maybe instead of using sugar, right, use right. rice. Right. And that's what our guest on last night's session did. He didn't want to add candy sugar, so instead he used uh, yeah. flaked rice. See, the whole thing, candy sugar, don't even use candy sugar. If you're, if you're using, like, you know, the clear or white candy sugar, oh. you're wasting your money. Table sugar. You know the cheapest table sugar you can buy. Beet sugar is what they're using. You know that, that's that's the thing to use. Use the cheapest ass sugar you can get, and that's going to give you all the flavor. There's no f- extra flavor in this candy sugar. Don't let people fool you. And uh, um, you know the 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 problem with using um, flaked rice is that all right now you need to convert and and you could do it. But you got to be careful because that flaked rice needs to be converted by the enzymes that are in your malt. <laughs> this beer is super carbonated. It's a highly carbonated beer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, if uh, and and if you're not careful about conversion, that that flaked rice is going to convert to maltose. I mean, what malt enzymes want to do is make maltose. You know, and you're going to end up with, uh, you could end up with something that doesn't attenuate enough. So that's why I think you really need to use, you know, simple table sugar. It really doesn't harm flavor. There's nothing wrong with it. Brewers all over the world use, you know, simple sugars and uh, adjuncts and stuff like that and, and trying to avoid it with this this whole, you know, uh, idea that, you know, simple sugars are bad. Um, you know, I don't know if that's that's the 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 the, the feeling of the person who's asking the question, but uh, you know that's been a traditional thing around uh, the U.S. for a long time. That any simple sugar was bad. You you couldn't add it. That that was horrible. Why would you do that? But you know, brewers around the world do it. So, uh, you know, uh, you can do it. You got to be careful. You got to make sure it attenuates completely. Okay. All right, and one more question. I think this is a good question. Uh, kind of expands the style a little bit. We also talked about it on last night's show. Uh, this person asks, I see a lot more examples of Belgian triple slash IPAs lately. <laughs> like Hop Goblin from Le Chouf. Mm-hmm. You know the beer. Uh, you know where they're trying to do this American hop thing to the same Belgian triple style. Um, the question for you is, do you think that that will warrant a new style? In the next BJCP revisions, because a few people are starting to do this. Uh, it might. Um, it just depends. Uh, you know, it has to be something that, instead of being a flash in the pan, which it might be, um, whether it really has legs and, and, and exists for a while. It's the same thing with, like, Imperial IPA or, you know, American IPA. American IPA, for the longest time, 
didn't really exist as a separate style. <laughs> there was just IPA, right? And then they started saying, well, you know, there's the like kind of this Americanized version. And there's kind of this English version, and there, here's how they're different. They were all the same, and then eventually it got split out. And same thing for the Imperial IPA. It takes time. It really needs to be a trend versus um, that a lot of people are following, and it's really going to last okay. versus something that you know some people are screwing around with, and the jury's still out whether people really like it or not. All right. And then even though we're over time... I I would like to throw in a question of my own on that. Side. No, you, you, you're, you're whining about time every break and how we're we don't know what the hell we're doing. He and he a, hit us, didn't he, he? He has a power button. It didn't hit you. He hit us. <laughs> he <laughs> took I'm away in, my beard. He hit me. He hits us. He, I feel so bad. <laughs> I went on record last night saying that I, I do knew not. there's a reason this show was done in the basement. Yeah, you don't even get to use the real studio. We're in the we're in the false studio. Yeah, this is studio we're in the B. we're in the bath. We're in Shat's bathroom right now. That's where we do the Jamil show. <laughs> I could move us there. Actually, now that this is my bedroom. I do have a good excuse that you know we can't broadcast from my bedroom anymore. Oh, ask your question. Stop waffling on. Yeah, I went on record last night as saying I'm not. I don't really enjoy this new style of Belgians. This things that they, that people are experimenting with, where they hop, where they basically take it's it's the same Belgian beer. They don't even alter it, right. but they just hop the crap out of it just yeah. to see. And I don't like the flavor. I I don't enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm trying to because I like it when people experiment, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to know your opinion about the stu- about those flavors. I I'm with you 100. percent I think. Uh you know, if anybody will do it and really make it work, it's going to be like Vinny yeah. or Tommy or you know, yeah. one of those guys. Because they're starting to understand both. Well, yeah, they really know yeah. hoppy beers. Both they really know perfect beers. Yeah. And yeah. and they're, they're so creative and talented at figuring that stuff out that if anybody can do it, they will. Good point. But, think, if, but otherwise, no, I, I don't care for it either. I think the trick to doing it would be to dry hop it. You don't want the bitterness to clash with the hot alcohol. Right. So you want the impression the hops come across. And I totally agree with you on that. I think uh, 100%. But I also think that that, you know, there's something about the really uh, hoppy aroma, that green hop aroma, that also clashes. Mm -hmm. Just even that. True. Uh, With the more, and it's really the more phenolic Belgian beers that really, phenols and hops don't really seem to go together. It's tough. Now, fruitiness and hops go together. Yeah. So if you have a Belgian beer that's more fruity and you, hop the daylights out of it. That would work quite well. But Maybe something right. that's really phenolic, if it had subtle phenolics, yeah, but if it's really <clears throat> phenolic and you try and add a lot of hops, it's like, eh, it's kind of a clash. And our guest last night had a similar answer to that, Jamil. He said, he, when he did his, um, and he did it as an experiment also, he was really talking about the more uh, piney mm-hmm. and fruity hops also. Mm-hmm. And it was closer. Mm-hmm. I tasted it, and it was closer, but I, it still piney, didn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I didn't. I didn't put the, my finger on it until you just said it. You're right. It's the phenols. It's those really high alcohol kind of. That's what really clashes with the hops. Well, that's why I helped you put your finger on. it. Appreciate that. <laughs> we'll choose like a Belgian 550 then. Now you can end in December, and I've learned one thing in the three years, <laughs> Jamil. What was that? You actually learned. Put your finger in it. I mean, on it. Put I your finger to put on my it. finger in it. <laughs> In three years. <laughs> All right, that's it for me in the chat, fellas. Okay. Uh, Hello, are you recap there? Uh, do 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 do. <laughs> it's 
that the recap uh, music there? It's a uh, beer spin. I think, you, I think you stole that from ESPN. I did, dude. I did. <laughs> Straight you, up. Couldn't you like reverse it or something to make it our own? Dude, dude. Stop, isn't it? Dude, dude. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you see what I got to work with here, folks? Yeah. This you is got, not you easy. Chat's bathroom. This is not easy. Yeah. I'm getting beaten. I'm uh, <clears throat> getting Justin's finger put on it, and uh, God knows what else. Going in on. it. In it. In it. Not on it. In yeah. it. Yeah. Feels better. Go oh, ahead. God. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people listen to this show? I, I, I got no idea. I think I think it had promise, and then, and then we stopped caring. That's <laughs> what happened. All right. So about this great recipe. In yeah, 10 classics. at 1081, okay. starting gravity, <laughs> finishing around 1012. 34 IBU. You are going to uh, extract brewer Pilsner liquid malt extract, uh, uh, 10.4 pounds, 4.7 kilograms, and then uh, cane sugar, 2.5 pounds, or 1.3 kilograms, and a little touch of aromatic malt, a quarter pound, or one point, or, or 113 grams uh, for steeping. If you're an all-grain brewer, instead of the Pilsner liquid malt extract, you're going to use uh, 14 pounds or 6.35 kilograms of a continental Pilsner malt. And you mash that along with the aromatic malt at 149 degrees Fahrenheit, 65 degrees C. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, hops, you're going... <laughs> what happened to this show? It just kind of went downhill. It's a gassy beer style. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Tetanang, uh, 4% alpha acid. This is pellets. 60-minute uh, edition, 2.3 ounces, 65 grams. Should give you about 33 IBU. Uh, check size... Three and a half percent alpha acid again. Pellets. Ten minutes addition. A uh, half ounce, fourteen grams. Gives you about one point two IBU. Ferment with uh, either the White Labs WLP five thirty Abbey Ale or the Y yeast thirty seven eighty seven Trappist High Gravity. If you're dry yeast, uh, ferment a Safri T fifty eight, but it's really not the right yeast. Um, there's there's really not a great Belgian dry yeast. Sorry, not yet. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, for dry yeast, 15 grams. Uh, liquid yeast, uh, it would be three packs, but instead, make yourself a starter. Go to MrMalty.com, check all that out, and check out the uh, uh, pitching rate calculator and, and information on how to make a starter. Pitch your yeast at 64 degrees Fahrenheit, 18 degrees C, and let the temperature rise slowly to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 21 degrees C, over the course of one week. You're going to carbonate to about three or four volumes. If you go in four volumes, you're going to need a tougher bottle than the uh, thin uh, American-type bottles that uh, are real common because they'll, they'll burst around four. And uh, you know, once you get all bottled, let it, let it uh, condition for about uh, you know a month at anywhere 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 7 to 10 degrees C. And uh, that should make you a good triple. Triple. Yeah. And brew that bad boy. Brew that bad boy. Do you oak this beer? Yes, yes. Well, and, and here's the thing: is uh, you know they were saying and you the whole, that the whole reason people were doing this was because you were asking about what do you think about oaking this beer? Oh, you, right. you asked that, that on on a show or I did two do that for right, a time. Right, you did like one one show or like two I think in I did a row, like three shows straight. I think right, yeah. right, and then but they were appropriate for that style. Maybe, <laughs> but, but people got they got on that bandwagon, and they're like, so that's why. And I'm thinking, you know, how clueless am I that I totally missed the fact that people were asking this question every show. Well, what, what do you think about Oaken style? <laughs> it's like people bringing a biscuity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, mm, biscuity. 
Now I like. I look okay. to. I look to use that word now. I love it. Oh yeah, dear, that was great. So our love making was biscuity. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Give me the biscuit, baby. Toast my buns. Toast my buns. <laughs> Love Strong coming soon, ladies and gents. <laughs> January 2009. Love Just 3,009. <laughs> Jamil, you're going to miss me, aren't you? Uh, I will miss doing the show. Yes, absolutely. This is, abs- this is the most fun I have probably all month long. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's our last beer style right now. Right. Well, we'll do ciders and meads next. Do you have that Huey Lewis song? Because this is it. I'll have it for... Do you want it this one or you want it your last show? You want it for your last La- beer show? Last beer show would be great. I think I might be be able to put something together for our last show. But, uh, I'm going to bring a lot of beer next show. Are you I'm putting gonna, up music for your last show? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I might I might have some, uh, some outtakes from... Uh, Oh, or just kind of, you know, I think I think it would be appropriate to put together something that uh, really kind of summed it all up, summed it all up. Yeah, really, you know, all our tips from uh, so many, so many shows uh-huh. really kind of, you know, put it all together and really it's a great idea. A consolidation of all the advice that we've given over the, the past three years. Are you People serious can, uh, right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd I like to. Is. I don't know if I have the time to do it. I really don't. But, Justin's like, oh, God. But I'm like, hey, you know, something that's summed up. So people could just download and listen to this one thing that really, you know, captured the essence of the past three years. That'd be awesome. Hmm. Got me thinking now. <laughs> and I really am going to try and drink a lot of beer on our last show. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. It's going to go out of the bang. I'm going to be drunk of the week on that show. Yeah. What do you uh, think? All right. So here's preview of the last show. Jamil, you suck, you son of a bitch. <laughs> this is how I, never, I feel. I carried you for three fucking years, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah, and and you treat me like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this, know what is, I'll this do? is shaping up to be one fine show. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pretend I'm those guys that you heard. You're like, well, I heard those pro brewers doing niche, and I'm going to do that the whole show. Oh, this is this is shaping up to being something. This is you, you can't miss it. You're not gonna want to uh-uh. listen to. <laughs> and I'm gonna wear my fiance's thong. Oh, <laughs> for your last show? <laughs> really? You just got it from Victoria's Secret's pink. As just long as that's the only thing you're wearing, <laughs> I think we're we're set. We got the pole for you, man. That'd be great. You could yeah, we could turn the cam on the pole. You yeah, could do absolutely. the pole. Yeah, I could you, do the you pole. You could be stripping all show. I could. That would be I'll be talking ciders and meads. <laughs> ciders and to ignore you, yeah, that girl of the gods, right? Yeah, little segue, you know. Oh my gosh! Wow. Oh god. Does this have, show have a meltdown? Because I think we're in that that phase right now. I, we've already gone in the meltdown stage. We're past our hour, so it's, it's appropriate. Yeah, I think we're in meltdown in the the show we did on uh, on uh, for an extra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now we're and Justin's giving us the uh, keep it melting. The, the wind your key. Uh, Signal. Keep it melting. Wind your key. Wind your key. Either that or we're crazy. One or the other. He's waving his finger in the air. Or he's touched it. And he put his finger on it. He put the finger And he's trying to wave the stink off of it now. I think that's that's the case. Right. Do you remember our first show? No. computer's killing me. It's okay. I think... I think yes, I do. Remember that? Was it... People come up to me all the time and say... Yeah, Russian Imperial South. And they say, you know... You're a whole lot different now than you were on your 
for show. Is that good or bad? Yeah, that's what I say. Is that good or bad? And they go, no, it's good. It's good. Okay. It's, uh, it's funny at times. <laughs> it's funny at times. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks. All right. Got well, that's it. I think we're done. Are we? We've uh, yeah. I you tried know? to have Huey Lewis for you thirteen different times. But Thanks, buddy. Fucking computer. Uh, it's okay. I had it. It was all lined up, but uh, just is next working. show. The last show. I'll get you your if this is it. Yeah. Please say. I Thank promise you. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like I. Failed <laughs> and I'm gonna you. dance. I feel like I failed you. You're you so camera pumped on? about it. And oh yeah. I'll put the camera on you. We'll have it for at least you'll for the wearing, last show. You'll oh, yeah. be wearing uh, the, the thong. <laughs> And uh, swinging on the pole, and I'll be in a different studio altogether. <laughs> studio A. Yes, I'll be in. I'll be in the Shat bathroom studio. There you go. <laughs> Resting on the bowl. Yeah. Enjoying myself there. Good show. Enjoying myself in more ways than one. Three years. Three years, and uh, you know we still need to pay for this if you want to be able to download it. Yeah, so uh, go to the Brewing Network store, uh, sign up for a BYO uh, subscription or a Zymergy subscription, become a member of the AHA. It supports home brewing and supports uh, shows like this. And uh, you know, buy yourself a, a book, a shirt, a glass, and what have you from the from the store. There, yeah, there's all kinds of goodies. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good show, John. Good show, cheers, man. Screw strong, absolutely. The Jamil Show is a production of the Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jamil to Jamil at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jamil Show airs live every other Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, right here on the Brewing Network.